0: So if you can come from outside to inside, please. We can get ready to pray up. D
1: R. Good morning, New Hope Community Church. If we can make our way back to our seat so we can give our father praise this morning, so we can give him honor this morning. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to
2: It's a way to start a service amen you can be seated just for a moment just for a moment don't get too comfortable don't get lazy on me we got some more praising to do amen. amen welcome to new hope community church what a blessing and an honor it is to be here with you today to praise our lord and savior jesus christ and you know that song is all about i thank god so thankful i know what he raised me up from amen And I know that he's not done with me yet. I know that greater things are in store. So, everything that he's done in thus forth in my life that I'm thankful for, there's more to come. Amen. There's this passage of scripture I was reading. Ephesians chapter 1 says, For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love that he has for his beloved one Jesus he has for us and this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure what an amazing Bible truth that Jesus would look he knew that you were would, was going to be born he knew all the things that you would do and he said you know what I love him. I love her. I'm going to die for that person so that I could be with them. You know, it's just, it's amazing. And it gives you this gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to trample on serpents and snakes and over all powers of the enemy. Amen. To live a victorious life. That we are victorious in Christ. Amen. Amen. So why don't we stand to our feet one more time and we're going to praise him. Come on, it's an old Catholic church. I can make you sit up, stand up and sit down at least once. Amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this wonderful morning. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who have gathered here today. Lord, I pray that you would move amongst your people and do the things that only you could do. I pray that faith would rise. Lord, I pray that broken hearts would be put back together. Lord, I pray that people who are going through a storm would find peace. Lord, I thank you for your magnificent and wonderful plan. Lord, we praise you because you are worthy. Because you are worthy, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: So before we worship, I just want to ask everybody just to just close their eyes and just Seek God. Seek God. There's a lot of problems I have in my life, and I guarantee you there's a lot of problems you guys probably have in your lives. But there's nobody who can fix our problems but God. There's no man, there's no woman standing to the left, to the right of you who can fix your problems. Yes, they may give you answers to help, but they can't fix your problems. So some of us are holding some big problems in our lives that we just want fixed, and I'm just saying just to give it to the Lord. Don't give it to the man or the woman to your left or your right. Give it to God. He's going to heal you. He's going to change you. He's going to save you. If you want to be healed, if you want to be moved, if you want your life to be fixed, if you want your relationship to be fixed just give it to the Lord. If you want things to be changed, if you want situations to be fixed just give it to the Lord. If you want your life to be healed, if you want your body to be healed just give give it to the Lord. If you want your marriage to be fixed, just give it to the Lord. So there's a lot of things that we give to other people that we don't give to God. So when we want to empty ourselves, give it to our Father. He wants to reach out to you. He wants to grab you. He wants to lift you up. He's waiting for us to deny ourselves so that we can be filled and filled. We can be full and filled with him. So we got to give up everything of ourselves so that we can gain something better in life. So we, can gain a, so we can gain that picture that we've been seeking. So we can gain that path that God's already done, paved out for us. But we're so confused and wrapped up in this world that we are afraid to step on it. gotta give up our problems to the lord not to man or woman but to god so as we get ready to worship guys give your problems up to the lord allow him to free you and set you free this world can't set you free jesus christ can set you free
1: some problems only God can fix. All of my trials wore me down to this. And I've seen it happen time and time again. strong tower do we live you So we seek first his kingdom and all will be added. Seek first his kingdom and all will be added. Seek first his kingdom and all will be added. All will be added. added. Seek God first, your things will change. Seek him first, your life will change. Seek him first, the things will change. You gotta seek God first. Struggle, seek first. Don't take a step without seeking God Don't take a step without talking to God Not the same in a world that will be How many of us are redeemed by our Father? How many of us are changed by our Father? How many of us have stories that our God redeemed us from? Can we give him a round of applause? Can we give our God praise that he has saved us and changed
0: us? Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for the things that you have done in our lives, Father. And I thank you for redeeming us and changing us, Father. But I ask that you allow us to remember that time, the time we were hurt down bad and you picked us up and and pulled us out of that grave and you saved us, Father. The time when you redeemed redeemed us and made us whole and made us new and you restored our lives. Father, let us not fall away from your love and your presence. Let us seek you first and allow the things to be added afterwards. Let us speak to you first so that we can gain what you have for us. Father, as we get ready to step into the service and hear your word, Lord, empty us empty us today so we can feel your love and your power and your presence. Father, let us realize what you have done in our lives. Lord. Father, yes, we are fighting battles, but it's not done yet. Our battles are not done yet, Lord. And right now, Father, I, I ask that you allow us to just pour out our problems so that you can keep fighting our battles, Lord. so that you can claim victory over our struggles and our, and our problems. And so that we can rejoice in your name. Scream and sing hallelujah because your battle, because our battle belongs to you.
2: Father, I thank you
0: so much. I thank you so much for the things you've done in my life, for the things you are doing in these people's lives. Father, open them up so that they can continue to pour out your praise and your wonders. Father, fill these kids up with your love and joy. Father, it's such a great joy to see these kids running around and screaming your yes, name and yes. praise, Lord. Father, these are the next these are the next children of God for you, the people will be searching and battling, and fighting for, us for you, Lord. So fill them up with your love. Give these teachers the strength so that they can so that they can pour your love and spirit into these kids, so that they can be equipped with the weapons to fight the battles that we are fighting every day. Fill them up, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen,
2: amen, amen. 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 You guys may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take today's offering. Kind of talked about and singing about how, you know, really the, the, the key to it all is that you put God first. And that's, you know, you put God first. When we come to church, we come Sunday morning, the first day. We come in the morning, the first part of the day. And we do that because we want to give God our first and our best. And we do that with our offerings as well, what God gives us. We take our first and our best and we lay it up for Him and give it back to Him. And then He blesses that and He multiplies that back to us because He is our provider. Amen? Amen. Just wanted to give you guys some updates uh, really quickly um, on Hope's Haven, especially Um, if you guys didn't know, we have the the building that's Caddy Corner, um, Hope's Haven, that is going to be our maternity home. And it's kind of been, you know, a, a long ways in the works, lots of works being done. So where we're at today is that we just we're on about 85 percent of our new heating and air conditioning system has been installed there so we need our heating and air conditioning system to be installed so we need that to be finished it's almost there all the equipment's in place it just kind of needs to be uh, hooked up Um, gas lines and some electric lines need to be hooked up to it line for the air conditioning needs to be ran and then at that point we'll be able to do some finishing touches, some drywall, some paint. We'll have a final uh, inspection. So we'll see what our friendly neighborhood code enforcement officers have to say about what else needs to be done there. Hopefully that'll go really good and it'll just be some minor things. We'll finish those minor things. We'll get our occupancy permit and our home will be open. So um, we're, we're making progress and we're on our way. We have a couple Um, Other projects that we really want to get finished, Uh, obviously we want to get the parking lot expanded. We want to get that done. Uh, Our kitchen, we've been working on that for a while. Um, Our next hurdles with that is just we need to get a commercial stove in there. Once we get that in, they'll come and they'll finish the fire suppression and the ansel system, and then we can put that together, have it inspected. So we're right on the cusp of finishing up all these projects, you know, we're a you know, kind of like a medium sized church at this point doing very big church things. So I just would ask you to pray that, you know, um, I, I know that things are tight. I know that, you know, there's inflation. I know that food doesn't get any cheaper and all that. But if you put God first, if you put God first, he'll take care of you and you'll see things happen in this church and we'll we'll just keep growing and keep moving and keep expanding and You can look back on it, because I, you know, I want my grandchildren to be here at this church. You know, I want them to be here, and I want them to be in a place that's debt-free, that's already fixed up, that, you know, they're all worshiping. I want all that laid up. I don't want them to have to fight the battles that we had to fight, paying off the debt, repairing stuff, all that. That's for us to do. That's for us to do to move forward so that the next generation can have a a great church should Jesus, you know, Terry... On his way back, they'll have a great church to worship that's paid off, that's already established because of all of our work. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you, for, thank you for this church. Thank you for all that you're doing here. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just bless the hands that give, Lord, that they would seek you first. Lord, that they would give you their first and their best, Lord, and you would give them their, your best. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the guys make their way around... Uh, before we get into today's message uh, just had a couple quick announcements that I just wanted to kind of fill you guys in on Um, the the first one is that um, this Friday we will be having service so we're going to go back to the first Friday service so um, we we put it on pause just because we were doing the hope for the streets outreach um, out at the park but this Friday we will have service it'll be a communion and healing service so Come to that, uh, support that, and if you know anybody that's sick or anybody in need of a touch from God, bring them and we'll see the power of God manifested. Um, also, next Sunday, we'll be having our uh, one of our partner ministries, Western Pennsylvania Teen Adult Challenge. We'll be here ministering um, Pastor Rich uh We'll be bringing the message along with guys sharing a little bit about the history of Teen Challenge, giving testimonies. Um, many of our guys, uh, some of our guys who have come here uh, through the Bridge Transitional Home, have come through Teen Challenge, and they've just been a been a really great ministry and a great partner. If you don't know, they're they're probably the premier uh, Christian provider for uh, drug and alcohol rehabilitation services. So. Um, They'll be here with us uh, next week. And then Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. we'll have a special Wednesday night service uh, with Bobby Hogan will be here. So looking forward to all of that. So make time to be at all of those services. Um, God is good. The summer's wrapping up, right? School's already in. So, um, you know, get back into a rhythm. Get back into a rhythm, uh, getting back to church. and you know, don't be content with just, you know, one day a week. Well, I went on Sunday. I'm not going to go to all that other stuff they're having. Like, come and be fed and and fill yourself up with the things of God. So, um, you guys ready for the word today? All right. If not, I was just going to go home and go to sleep. But I guess since we're all here and I'm dressed up, we'll go ahead and we'll preach. Um, so for the past three weeks, um, and, and much of my other teaching, I've kind of started off making this statement that Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to establish a He came to establish a kingdom. He didn't come to start a religion. He came to uh, establish a kingdom. And I, I don't get that from my own ideas. I get that from the words of Jesus. The, the first thing that he proclaimed publicly was repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The Passion Translation says the kingdom realm is now accessible, that 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 heaven has has opened up and Jesus is the king and, and he rules over a new creation of kingdom men and, and kingdom women who, although they are in the world, they're not of the world. And because we're part of another kingdom, by the way, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I'm going to tell you that if you're on the fence of, you know, well, I don't really know about this, you better get hooked up with the things of the kingdom. Because listen, I'm not, I don't claim to be a prophet and I don't act like I have prophetic words. As a matter of fact, like a lot of the people that I've met that claim to be prophets, they're they're not, right? They just, you know, there are real prophets. But can I tell you guys something? Somebody who's a real prophet, they don't have to tell you. They don't have to have a business card that tells them they're a prophet. You'll just know. You'll be like, "Yeah, that person's a prophet." But I the thing that the spirit of the Lord has been showing me is that next year 2024 is going to be a crazy year in this country. So buckle your seat belts and don't be moved by the things you see. You keep your gaze, you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep anchored in the kingdom of God and no matter what comes our way, you're going to be all right, right? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And there may be a lot of things that are going to be shaken. But don't allow yourself to get caught up in this mess or that, or, or walk in a spirit of fear because the Lord didn't give us a spirit of fear. That's not from God. But you raise your gaze. You can, your, your hope isn't in who's ever in the White House. Your hope isn't who's in the mayor's office, right? You already have a king and you're part of a kingdom. And, and, and anchor yourself into that for, for the, you're going to need to be anchored into that because there's going to be some things that are going to happen you know, and if you're one of these people that watches the news all the time and allows all this stuff to, you're going to be a nervous person you stay anchored in the things of God, you stay anchored in the Word of God and the promises of God and you're going to be okay, amen amen So. So we're a part of a different kingdom. We're part of the kingdom of heaven, and so therefore, being from a different kingdom, we have a different culture. That means that if I'm a Christian, that I act different, I speak different, I have different values. And and we've been in Matthew 5 for the past. Impromptu worship. All right feel like I should, somebody should dance or something. All right. I, I would dance, but I have that white man's curse thing. So. We have been in Matthew 5 for the past couple of weeks, and um, we're, we, we've been looking at what the statements of Jesus called the Beatitudes, Beatitudes. These attitudes are part of our being if we are kingdom people. These are things that if we have been born again and we have the divine nature of God that these attitudes should be part of us see when we decide to follow Jesus there's something that happens inside of us that this isn't just a philosophy we don't follow a philosophy when we give our life to Jesus we're born again Our, our our hearts are changed and and our affections turn to the things that God is affected by. In other words, the, the things that God cares about, we begin to care about. The things that break God's heart should break, break our heart. And, and because we're, we're children of God, and, and we have the, the, we have the same, um, thoughts uh, as our Father, right? Because we're children of God, He calls us blessed. That's what the sayings begin with, that, 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 that you're blessed. And how many of you know that you can't curse what God calls blessed. Like if God has blessed me, then I can't be cursed. I don't, the devil can be mad about it. Your enemies can be mad about it. There are people that are in high government places can be mad about it. But if God calls you blessed, no one can call you cursed. You can't be cursed if God calls you you, you blessed. It's, It's impossible. If you're blessed, there's nothing that anyone can do about it. And as part of these divine blessings, there's these amazing promises to us as children of God. That that blessed are those who are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And that brings us to our fourth Uh, Beatitude, Matthew 5 chapter 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. I'm going to go ahead and pray for the message. Father, I just ask that you would add a blessing to your word. I ask that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. Lord, may my spirit decrease. May your Holy Spirit increase. Lord, I pray that faith would rise. Lord, I pray that even uh, the dead would be brought to life, Lord. Those who are spiritually dead who can't hear you, Lord, I pray that that, that you would just, you would raise them up. Holy Spirit, move on your people. May the word go forth and do exactly the thing that it was called to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So how many of you have had that feeling where you get like you're just really, really hungry? Some of you guys are like, man, I'm hungry now, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to ready to eat today, right? I think we've all experienced like being hungry. Some people will take it to the next level and they'll actually get hangry. You ever know anybody that actually gets hangry? That's a combination of when you get so hungry, you start to get angry. And you start to be mean to people because you're so hungry. And you start yelling at people and you get mad because because you're you're hungry. And I realized that, like, when our body is like, you get those hunger pains and, and you kind of start craving food, like, it can feel like you're starving, but you're really not starving. And, and in most places um, in America, most of us don't really know what it is to really have to pray for our daily bread. We really don't understand what it is to, to, to go to bed hungry. Most of us. Our problem is that, you know, for the most part, we overeat. We eat way too much food all the time. That's the problem in America. It's not, I mean, there are people, obviously, that, that, that have some food insecurity. But, you know, praise God, we live in a country that, you know, that, that has, you know, food stamps and has food pantries and food banks. And um, we can go to grocery stores and we can buy whatever we want almost all the time we can go in and whatever kind of food we want you want hispanic food you can get that you want greek food you can get that you want fried chicken you can get that you want bur- you get whatever you want almost any time and that's just the way that we live it's it's plentiful we live in a land of plenty but not everywhere in the world is like that there's according to world vision there's about 900 million people, 900 million people that regularly go to bed hungry and they suffer from malnutrition. And the thing about malnutrition for a child that's growing is that if they're, not, if they're malnourished for a long period of time and their growth is stunted, that's usually something that's irreversible. That'll be with them for their entire life and there's large parts of Africa and South America and you know out into uh, Asia that people suffer with with malnutrition. See that's a different kind of hunger and thirst. That's a different kind of hunger and thirst when you haven't ate for days and you don't know when the next time you're gonna eat is. You, You know if you go back to Jesus's day It says that the average working man in Palestine, if he was lucky, he was able to eat meat once a week. Once a week he would get to eat meat and that assumes that everything was steady, that assumes that he was able to find work, that assumes that he stayed healthy, that assumes that he didn't get fired. And then they're living in a basic desert environment where it's really hot and they, did, they couldn't just go to a tap and turn on water. We want water. We go and we, we turn on the tap and we can get water whenever we want. They're, they're living in a desert. It's hot. And sometimes the, the wind would kick up and people who have been to talk to soldiers who have been deployed to especially Iraq and they have these massive like sandstorms where the wind starts blowing and, and all this sand kicks up. So imagine you're traveling and you're hot and, and sand blows in your mouth, right? That's a whole different kind of thirst than we're used to. So it's 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 this kind of so when we talk about like blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the hunger and thirst that's that's depicted there isn't generally the kind of hunger and thirst that we're used to. It's it, it's a desperate hunger. It's a desperate thirst that 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 you're starving for food, that you're that that you're really thirsty, and it says that same type of intense hunger and thirst that, that people in the poorest parts of the world experience for food, that's what you and I should experience in our desire for righteousness. That, that's the way that we should feel. But I guess the next question is, is what is righteousness? Right? What is, what is righteousness? And I'm glad you asked the question, because that's the next part of my notes. The Bible speaks of righteousness on a couple different levels. The first one is right standing with God. Do you know the Bible says that, 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 that before you say yes to Jesus that you're actually an enemy of God? Do you know that Jesus said that you're either for me or you're against me? Like you can't be neutral. So people who are like, you know what, I don't really know, I'm just waiting, I'm just, I don't know what you're waiting on, because if you're not for Jesus then you're against Him. That's not my words, that's, that, that's His words and to get in right standing with God, you, you have to, you, you can only come to the cross. You can't do it in your own works, you can't earn your way, you can't pay back your sin, you can't do none of that, right standing with God can only be accomplished through putting our faith in Jesus and who He is and what He did at the cross. The other part of righteousness is a moral righteousness, right? We all understand that, the kind of morals that the Bible talks about that we should have as Christian men and and Christian women. Uh, Also, uh, righteousness includes, you know, right standing with the people around us that we have healthy relationships with. The people that, that are around us, that are around our community, that are our neighbors and our friends, that that, that there's a right standing with, with those relationships. And then finally, there's a righteousness or, or or we seek to see justice all around the world. If you've never read anything by, by Martin Luther King, and if you're interested in any kind of government or civil change, I would encourage you to read... Um, Martin Luther King's writings and, and some of his sermons that he wrote, but one of his biggest struggles is that many people in churches, they, they wouldn't help him. They just sat by the sidelines because they didn't want to be involved in controversy. They, they, they acknowledged that racism was real and that it was an injustice, but they just sat on the sidelines and they didn't come by his side. And so if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. As a Christian, that if you see injustice out in the world, it should bother you. You should want to do something about it. You should speak up against it. And that is the whole of righteousness. So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's, it encompasses, righteousness encompasses all of that. And, and, and really in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus mentions mentions righteousness a couple times, and, and we're going to get into that, and that's why um, I'm going to just focus, for the most part, on moral righteousness, because that's kind of the most um, easiest thing to apply for, for us, that we would live in a way that the Bible teaches us to live, because if we can live in the way that Bi- the Bible teaches us to live, then everything else in our life will come into harmony. I think that people often try to point out things that other people do. Well, if you just did this, if they just did that, if if they would just change this law, or and, and we point out all these other things that, that that need to be changed, and we forget about that the only thing that we can change is ourselves. There, there was a there was a monk in the eleven hundreds who, it was anonymous, but. But he wrote this, he said, when I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I found it was difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I found out I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town. I couldn't change the town, and so as an older man, I tried to change my family. Now as an old man, I realized the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realized that if long ago I had changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family. My family and I could have made an impact on our town. Their impact could have changed the nation. And I could indeed have changed the world. So allowing God to change us from the inside out, that's the key to living a blessed life. That's that's really the key. Jesus said, and we sang it, right? Seek first, somebody say first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. Most people worry about what they're going to do, what kind of job they're going to work at, the degrees they're going to have. They worry about all that, and then God kind of comes last, and Jesus flips that, and he says, don't worry about all that. If you put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, then everything you want will be added to you. But the thing that that I want to be very careful about is that we don't get into legalism and just having a bunch of do's and don'ts, because that's nothing more than religion. Because one of the things, one of the other things that Jesus said about righteousness on the Sermon on the Mount is that, uh, that their righteousness would have to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees or else they wouldn't even get into heaven. And the Pharisees, of course, were the religious people of that day. And, and what was he referring to? He was referring to these people that, that, that seem godly, but, but, but it's this outward show of religion. Really inside, they're, they're wicked and they're evil, but on the out, outside, by out, all outward appearances, they look godly. Jesus called them hypocrites. He called them hypocrites, and that word for hypocrites actually means actor. That they were acting, that they, that, that they were actually playing a part, that they were trying to do all these things so that they looked good in front of people. And, and they did all these things so they could feel better about themselves. And that's what self-righteousness is, and anybody here like self-righteous people? Nobody? Right? What's, what's a self-righteous person do? They, they have a code that they decide what is right and wrong and everybody needs to, to go by their code and if they go by the code that they have already set up, then guess what? They win, everybody else loses, they're better than anybody else, everybody else is losers because they're not as good as them and, and Christianity isn't about that. Jesus always went after the heart. So it's not just all about outward appearances and, and knowing how to do the Christian lingo and knowing how to how to be religious. It's, it's seeking God and actually having a pure heart. So the things you do, it's not just about what you do. It's also the motives behind you. God wants that the things that you do to be led by the motives that seek after the things of God. Not trying to look good in front of people. That's why he was... He was talking and he said, you know, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites do. Don't try to get real loud and, and, and put on a show to, to show how holy you are. Instead, go into your secret place. And, and when you pray in there, then, then God will see you in secret, but he'll reward you openly. I'm not praying to put on a show. I go in the secret place, I'm praying to God because that's my relationship with the Lord. And, and he talks about when you give, right? Don't let, don't, don't give to put on a show. Well, look how much I gave. Look at all the things that I gave. I, you know, you didn't give and I gave. I, I, I fixed this whole thing up, right? He's saying you're giving from the wrong motives. He said, don't, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. Instead, you give in secret and the Father will see you and he'll reward you openly, even talked about fasting that, that the Pharisees would fast and they would kind of walk around and try to look oh yeah I'm so hungry you've been fasting for four days you know like you know Jesus is like no if you fast like don't don't announce it to people like wash your face like try to look look healthy and and, and if you're fasting for the right reasons then the Lord will see you and he'll he'll, he'll reward you So it's about your motivation. It's about your motivation. So it's not just about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about changing yourself from the inside out. And so we're going to get an example of what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles and want to turn there. Luke chapter 18, this is absolutely one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I'm not sure 100% why, but I think that once we read this, it's kind of going to drive home what I'm trying to say here. If you're there, say amen. All right, We got a couple people. Which means I'll go down and get a drink of water. Thanks, sir. So, this is Jesus' words. It says he spoke a parable to some who trusted in themselves. So they're they're trusting in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others, right? So that's what we're talking about, that's religious hypocrisy, that I have my own code of morals and ethics and I follow that and then I despise other people. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So Pharisees, religious people. Tax collector was looked at as the ultimate scum of the earth. Everybody hated tax collectors. And you have the, the, right, you have the religious person, and now you have this person who's kind of despised by everybody in that culture at the time. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I possess. What a prayer. God, thank you for how awesome I am. Thank you for how much I come to church and how much I give and how much better that I am. And at least I'm not like that guy. Can you imagine? But this is how they would pray. And this is how a lot of religious hypocrites tend to pray. So when we seek forth the the righteousness of God, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, this isn't the way that we want to roll. Verse 13, and then the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Think of this man. He he walks in. He knows that he's made some mistakes. He knows that he's done some things. Probably has been ostracized by his family. And he knows that he messed up. He knows he's in a bad place. And he knows how how far away from God he is. Lord, be merciful to me. I I know that I'm not a good man. I know that I've done some of the wrong things. But Lord, help me. I want to do better. I want to do the right things. I don't want to be like this I want to be like you God Jesus said that's the one that's the one that will go away justified that's the one So, so how can we hunger and thirst for righteousness you and I according to the Bible it says that if we are in Christ what it says is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that's what the Bible says it's a free gift, we receive it by faith and and, and that's where we start the moment that you say yes to Jesus you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ you can't get any more you can't get any more righteous you are the righteousness of God how much more righteous can you get You're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. That's where where, where God starts you. But what we can do is we grow in faith and we grow in our revelation of who we are as as children of God. And as we walk in a greater revelation of who we are, then that changes what we do. It's not the other way around. We usually think in terms of behavior modification. If you do these ten things then you'll get into heaven. If you do these ten things then you'll be righteous. You earn your way to righteousness and you and I know that that doesn't work. And it doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. You keep working, you keep earning and then you mess up, you're down a peg. You keep working, you're, you're down a peg. You start from the beginning. I'm a child of God. I've been forgiven, right? I'm I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's where you start. Think about it like this. Think about if if a son is born into a very wealthy family. So you have a very wealthy family. A a son is born into that, that, that wealthy family. Really, he's rich from the time he's born. Everything that the father has, everything that's in that family is his. He's rich. He he didn't earn it. He didn't work for it. He was just born into the family, but he doesn't know how to access the money. He doesn't know how to manage the money. He doesn't know how to grow the money. He doesn't know the, the family business. That can only come by spending time with his father, who begins to teach him. who, and, and the son begins to learn and, and grow in, in the ways of his father. And then the child begins to understand the why of what the father does and how he makes his decisions and why he does the things that, that, that he does. And then eventually he will take the family business over and the family affairs and he he acts just like the father acts. But that only comes through A relationship between the Father and the Son acting together. Think about the the woman that was caught in the act of adultery from John chapter 8. Who condemns you? No one Lord, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. What came first? the go and sin no more and then I won't condemn you? No, he said I don't condemn you for what you've done. Now go and sin no more. See, she had to know that she was accepted, that she wasn't condemned by God, that Jesus loved her, that Jesus looked upon her with compassion. And from that place, then she was able to live a holy life from that place. So we grow in righteousness through relationship, not through works. And as we grow in our relationship with God, as we spend time with Him, as we open up the Word of God that He's given us, as we pray, as we come to church, as we come to Bible study and, and, and learn about Him, as we, as we fast, as we do all our spiritual disciplines, journaling and all that, there's a braiding that begins to happen. A braiding begins to happen when we begin to look more like God and less like us. The Bible says that you and I are predestined, that there is a plan that that is predestined and we're predestined to be conformed into the image of the Son. So in the mind of God it's already finished. That's why the Bible says that he who started a good work will take it to completion. You may not feel like the righteousness of God but the word says that He's going to keep working in you. You're going to keep growing. He's going to keep. You're, you're going to be less like you, more like Jesus. Your mind's going to begin to to get to get transformed, and you're going to be thinking more like God. You're going to be walking more like the Spirit. And He sees it already is done because He doesn't start anything till He already finishes it. He knows the the end from the beginning. He's not trapped by time, so He sees you as a finished work already. You know, there's going to come a time where, where we're going to shed this tent. We're going we're to shed this, this sinful nature and this body of flesh. And we're going to be in a glorified body. And we're going to be in a world that has no curse. And there's not going to be any sin in the world. And, and it's not even going to be an effort. You are just going to be righteous. And in the eyes of God, because of what Christ did, He already sees you in that, that your life is hidden in Christ. And so when we realize that that's who I'm supposed to be, that's the person who I'm called to be, then you you get a hunger for that. You get a desire for that. That I want to be like that. I want to have, I want to have less pride. I want to have less ego about me. I want to be more loving. I want to be more caring. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I'm not satisfied and I'm not happy where I'm at right now and I I want to get there. And if you thirst and hunger in that way, guess what? You will be filled. You will be satisfied. You will be. You will be. You put your trust in God. And as he begins to change you, guess what? Just like we read. Now the changes that go on within you, now you're used to begin to change people around you. Because they see the changes that are in you. And then those people begin to change. And before you know it, then the whole town begins to change. You know, I, I said years ago, I mean, when, when we were starting down in the fellowship hall with 30 people, I said, we're going to change this town. We're going to influence this town. This town's going to be different because this church is here. And it is, it is now, for real. Right? And, and now everybody wants to jump on a train. There wasn't a single politician that wanted anything to do with New Hope, like, five years ago, ten years ago, you know? And I'm not mad at them, but they see that God is doing something here. They see that there's a movement happening, that things are changing, and and God starts that change inside of us, and that change spreads, and before you know it, then we begin to change our families, we begin to change towns, we begin to change nations, amen? And that's the way the kingdom of God is built. Worship team, if you want to make your way forward, we're going to go ahead and we're going to finish today my question is, as we close is just simply this do you hunger and thirst for righteousness or are you just okay with where you're at have you settled in a place that says you know what I'm okay we're either going to we're either growing or we're dying you, you get to pick you can grow in the things of God or you can go backwards. But if I'm a child of God, I should, I should want to grow in the things of God. I should want to be more holy. I should want to change and align my life with the things of God. That's, that's where I should be moving to. And if there isn't a hunger and thirst in there, there's something wrong. And I just hope that that, that by God's grace that, that this message maybe will just... Just breathe a fresh wind into you and, and, and maybe your faith has kind of got to this little ember in there. It's not gone, but it's just a little glow. And I just, I'm just i just going to really believe that, that, that by God's grace, that Holy Spirit wind is going to blow on that ember and that fire is going to ignite in you. And that consuming fire is going to come in and, and burn off all those impurities and all those things that, all those things that are wrong. And, and you're going to be filled with the righteousness of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. If I could get every head bowed and every eye closed before we end this service, I just want to give you the opportunity that maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For the first time, usually that's the biggest step, because you're like, I don't know, can I tell you something, this is the greatest decision that you could ever make, to have your sins forgiven. Well, I don't know, I'm not perfect, guess what, none of us are perfect. We hunger and thirst to be perfect, to be like Christ, but you're never going to get there until you take the first step. We've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, our sin has separated us from God. And there's only one way back to Him, and that's to put our faith in Jesus. To put our faith in the fact that Jesus came down from heaven, lived the life we could never live, died the death that we should have died, standing as a substitute for our sins in our place. We put our faith in Him, and we're forgiven. He sends the Holy Spirit to begin that thing. He has a church that comes around you and helps you grow, is there to pick you up when you fall. I just have this feeling that there's just some people in in here and you're just like, you know, there's something wrong with me. I just can't just can't seem to do right I want to remember it says that if you hunger and thirst for righteousness you'll be satisfied God recognizes your faith he recognizes your your trouble just like the 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 Pharisee or the tax collector said have mercy on me I'm a sinner Bible says a broken and contrite heart he'll never turn away There's a story about Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son, and the prodigal son blew it, blew it all, blew it all, and one day he realized, you know what, I could go back to my father's house, I could take that step, I could go back to my father's house, and And if I go back to my father's house, maybe I can just be a servant. I probably lost it all. I screwed it all up. I messed everything up. So I'll never get back to where I was because of the mistakes I made. But but maybe it's better than what I have now. But he didn't understand the love of the father. He didn't understand that when he went back to the father's house, the father was so happy to see him coming back that he ran to him and kissed him and put on a robe of righteousness, gave him the ring of authority, put new shoes on his feet, and had a party because his son was lost and now he was found. That's the love of the Father. That's the love of the Father. So you know what? We're going to do this. Maybe you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you just want to say, you know what? I need to just, I need to make a rededication. I, I've kind of allowed myself to grow a little bit cold in the things of God, but today I'm gonna I'm gonna declare and I'm gonna take a step of faith and I'm gonna say, you know what? i, I I'm, I'm getting back I'm getting back on fire for the things of God. I, I'm getting serious and I'm gonna start walking with God again. I, I'm gonna. I I may be slacked off, but you know what? I'm done with all that. I'm getting back on the horse. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. Say, you know what? Today I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I I want to give my life to Him. I want to come back. Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord. Thank you for your love and your grace. Lord, your word says where sin abounds that grace much more abounds. Lord, we thank you that your grace is greater than our sin. And So Lord, forgive us for maybe just slacking off, maybe not taking the things of God serious as we should. But, Lord, we're presenting ourselves back to you. We're hungering and thirst for righteousness. Lord, we're stepping into a new season. Forgive us and cleanse us by your precious blood according to your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there's, there's room at the Father's house, that you're a good Father. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we raise to our feet and give them praise today? God is so good. Amazing grace. Amazing grace of God. Amazing grace of God. You know what? There's one thing that maybe was kind of on the fence of doing this. And I know we're almost out of here. I don't know where it's at. Where's our? Can you hand me that wireless mic, please, Pam? Before we close, I don't. Ah, we don't have no battery in it. Um, <laughs> I need a. I need a nine volt though. Square battery. Is there any nine volts in the charger back there, by any chance? There we go. Pam, can you share today a little bit? I mean. Of putting you on the spot. But.
3: Thank you. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> this is hard for me. The last three weeks, I've been very, very sick. I was in and out of the hospital, in and out of the nursing home. Here I am today, and thank you, Jesus. While I was in the hospital, I was kind of in a coma state. When I was in that coma, I didn't know anyone or anything. I laid in my bed. On the second day, I believe it was, I rose. rose, I rolled over. When I rolled over, I could look down and I could see the most beautiful woman I ever saw. She was beautiful. And it was me. (laughs) I, I just looked for a minute. I rolled back to my back. I was on my back, I raised my hands to Jesus, and I said, I'm ready now, and he said to me, no, it's not your time, you have lots to do, so I laid back down on my bed, the next day, I came out of the coma, and I praised Jesus, thank you, Jesus.
2: See, no matter what you're up against, it's not over until Jesus says it's over. Amen? Amen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sing one song of praise and then we're going to close out. Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for all that you've done amongst your people. Lord, I thank you for Pam and her life. And, and your goodness in her life. And I thank you for all the miracle stories that are here in this house, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do great and mighty things amongst your people. I thank you for the goodness that you've had for us. And I thank you that no matter what our problems are, what our difficulties are, there's not a single thing that's too big for you. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people. Empower your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. A thousand times I failed.
3: Your mercy free Should I stop?